Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, welcome back. This will be for 2 John chapter 1. So I'm going to read a little bit of an introduction about 2 John. First of all, this epistle was written to the elect lady and her children. It is unknown whether John was addressing specific people or speaking to the church community in figurative language. The background of 2 and 3 John is similar to that of John's first letter. It is supposed that these two letters were written about AD 85 to 95, somewhere in the Roman Empire. That pins it down, doesn't it? The early saints often housed and supported traveling church leaders and teachers. False and apostate teachers advancing their Gnostic message also traveled and took advantage of the hospitality of church members. John appealed to his readers to use discernment and avoid supporting these people, lest the saints contribute to the promotion of heresy. The letter seems to bear a close relationship to the Gospel of John, which is dated around A.D. 90 or 95. First John was probably written about A.D. 96. For sure it was written between 70 and 100. John spent the latter part of his life in, in and near Ephesus. His warning is against false teachers and false doctrines. We know these epistles were written by John because the word phrasing and language is similar to the Gospel of John. Uh, the heading to the chapter reads, John rejoices because the children of the elect lady are true and faithful. The elect lady may also be his wife. Elder McConkie said, why these two brief personal epistles? Their doctrinal content and historical recitations are, of course, minimal, but they do add a unique contribution to the revealed word, which well pays for their preservation. Brief, less significant than some portions of the Holy Writ, these two lesser epistles of the beloved John are yet of eternal worth, and the saints rejoice in the added perspective they give to the Bible as a whole. Alrighty, um, chapter 1, verse 1, The elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the, in the truth. An elect lady is a female of the church who has already received, or who through obedience is qualified to receive, the fullness of the gospel blessings. This includes temple endowments, celestial marriage, and the fullness of the sealing power. She is one who has been elected or chosen by faithfulness as a daughter of God in this life, an heir of God, a member of his household. Her position is comparable to that of the elders who magnify their callings in the priesthood and thereby receive all that the Father hath. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. He also said, is John writing a personal letter to a wife and expressing appreciation for their children? Continuing verse 1, And not I only, but also all they who have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us, and shall be with us forever, grace be with you, mercy and peace, from God the Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoiced greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. Notice that uh, he, if this is about his wife and his children, parents are always happy when their children obey the commandments. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have 
uh, as ye have heard from the, from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive our full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. John is saying that saints should support only those who come teaching the gospel doctrine that Christ actually came in the flesh, suffered for mankind, and was resurrected. And that was out of the Institute Manual. Verse 12. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face, that, your, that our joy may be full. The children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. Uh, so that's the end of the chapter, and it also happens to be the end of the, the second epistle of John. Come back tomorrow for the fi final conclusion. See you next time. Bye.